and we are live with another episode of the Brown Water Banter Podcast. My name is Jared Seymour. My name is Joey Cates. That's right. We've got a great show for you, man. we got Nolan in the studio. He's going to be talking to us today. He's from uh, Law Spring Brewing Company in uh, downtown Ocean Springs. We're going to be talking about all things brew and beer, man. I so I don't really know how it gets any better than that. So stick with us for that. We're going to jump into the sponsors real quick like we always do right out of the gate, thanking the people that help us keep the show rolling. First one, Dr. Robbie Williams over at Southern Magnolia Smiles, man. 2023 is a year to keep your mouth clean. He's on the socials at Southern Magnolia Smiles on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and when you're ready to make that appointment, man, give him a call at 228-215-1202. They're located right here on Washington Avenue in Ocean Springs, man. Go check him out. He's got a great team over there. You won't be disappointed, I promise. Uh, our buddy uh, Jesse Hill over at Hilltree Marketing. Jump over to HilltreeMarketing.com and go check out some of the local brands that he's built websites for. If you need a website built for any reason, he can take you from no idea, no concept to a full-blown, uh, full-functioning website with IT support, the whole nine, man. And he's local, most importantly. You call him, you get him. It's not some answering machine or answering service three states, four states away. It's him. HilltreeMarketing.com. Tell him that we sent you. Uh, our good buddy uh, Tyler over at Taylor & Cox Law Firm. They've been practicing law over in Pascagoula now for 30 years. If you find yourself in need of some legal representation, give them a shout. It's 228-696-0111. Uh, Tyler's been on the show before. Go back and check that ap episode out. Uh, he's a cool as hell guy. Uh, they have a great firm over there. They specialize in criminal law, family law, and civil litigation defense. So we've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, we're proud to have them on board with the show. Uh, our buddy Rocky, man, over at Sea to Swamp. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram. They're at C the number two Swamp. Uh, he's got two locations now: Gaucher and Gulfport. He's all your local stop, or your one-stop local shop for tackle and apparel, man. Uh, the uh, the Gaucher uh, number is 228-205-3964. He's got you covered when it comes to rods, reels, tackle. Uh, the Gulfport store, he's slinging kayaks out of that thing. Yep. Extra he's looking for somebody to work, too. If you know anybody looking for a job, there you give go. him a call. <laughs> if you need a J-O-B, go hit him up. That's it. Uh, but we're glad to have Cedar Swamp on board, man. We appreciate their support as well. Uh, jumped on with us this month is Kendrick over at Forever Young uh, Women and Men's Health. If you need, uh, well, you probably don't realize, are you fatigued, tired, looking for like a boost to pick me up? You're always feeling, you know, like you can't get motivated to do anything. Uh, Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that was a question. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I do feel that way. <laughs> yes. Uh, how do you hit the nail on the head? Kendrick over at Forever Young, man, they can do some lab work, check out your hormones, see if you need hormone replacement. Um, one of his slogans is he's bl uh, blended medicine and exercise, man, treating men and women. Give him a shout at 228-363-6623. So if you've heard all the hype about TRT or testosterone replacement for men and women, uh, he's your guy. So go check him out. And I think that wraps it up, right? That's we got, it, yeah. We got uh, no that tournament already. No, this is a, we can mention the Pascagoula Men's Club uh, tournament. That's uh, no, already last weekend. Yeah, we missed it. So uh, there you go. I hope it was a good turnout. Yeah, it was a great turnout. Uh, we did a show on it though. Yeah. All right. So here, hey, well, let's get, let's jump right into it. We got some people jumping in on the live. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, where do we start, man? Nolan, how did you get into uh, brewing beer? Has it always been a passion of yours, or, or how that how that happened? Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I picked it up really young. I was about. 15 years old when they uh officially made it legal to homebrew in mississippi okay so right. naturally as a 15 year old i went on amazon and <laughs> wow. used all my birthday money <laughs> right. to just buy the most basic cheap uh little homebrew set you could buy you know and pumped out like i don't even know a gallon every two or three months from then on uh until i was about 
17, 18, and was like, I think I want to get serious about this. Okay. Uh, and that was back when Crooked Letter Brewing was still open downtown. And I actually lived right across from him. So I basically went in and was like, hey, <laughs> hey y'all look learn. like you need some yeah. help. And I will work for basically free because right. I'm too young to be here. I hear and you. they took me up on that. So, uh, yeah. Sweet, dude. I've heard of uh, what's happened, Joe, the TV. Just... I have no idea what's going nah, on with this TV. Don't worry about it. Um, I, I've heard of like being 15 and going out and like getting a fake ID, but I, no, I didn't think well, about so that Amazon. Was, like, the original thought was like, all my friends are trying to get fake IDs and it's super sketchy. Right. You got to go on some Chinese website and <laughs> give them your parents' credit card. And I was like, eh. Social yeah. security number. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, like Amazon charge for 120 bucks. And know? I'll just and, brew my own yeah. stuff. And now I got my own brand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what did you, did you YouTube? You, I mean, did you look everything up or did you have any background in doing this or what? Uh, I had an uncle up in Northern Colorado, which is uh, where I'm from originally, who was a, big home cider maker so he made probably like 400 gallons of cider a year out of his basement okay talking like almost a full-on brewery setup right right? like really up there um and he kind of like gave me the ropes over the phone recommended a few books you know check out this check out that and that's what i started with was cider but it moved to beer pretty quick after that. Heck yeah, dude. That's awesome to have it that young of an age be passionate about something, even at 15. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was doing at 15. Well, you were drinking a lot yeah. of beer. Oh, yeah, but it wasn't making it. You weren't thinking about like how to brew it or yeah, anything scientific about for it. Sure. So that's, that's crazy. So Crooked Letter is where you kind of you said walked like in, volunteer? Yeah, the OG. They, they uh, were on the other end, right? So they had a couple different locations. When I worked for them, it was right across from the Ocean Springs YMCA. Okay. Um, right behind, you know where Crawfish yes. House is? So yeah, yeah, yeah. that big storage room that Crawfish House now owns, okay. it was back there. Okay. Oh, and it was oh, a yeah, much bigger yeah, brewery back then. It was gigantic. Yeah, it, yeah, was, like, it was huge. They moved over to Porter at one point. That's what I Started remember. up some kind of like us, just very small, all in-house only. Uh, but that first brewery was like a big 18-barrel distribution brewery. Yeah, we did a, um, it was a pub crawl. Yeah. It was a Halloween oh, yeah. pub crawl. Yeah, man. And it Dude, was, that was a zombie a pub crawl. We'd do like yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. tours in the back and do like, you know, people dress up and pop out of tanks and Skid. shit. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I, I forgot that that place fell down. Yeah. yeah I, I never went there. I know exactly what you're talking about. I went to when they moved to mm-hmm. the down by Porter and hung out down there a couple times. They were doing um, live music too for a little while down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. They right. had one of those things. It's like everyone in the brewery industry, you got to. Mix you know, do events and yeah. stuff. People always come drink beer, but if you want a lot of people drinking beer, it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I got a live music night. I got bingo later tonight, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Running yeah. up at the brewery, so. <laughs> well, fun fact, me and Jared both worked at the Brew Pub. Yeah. In, at the Beau Ravage, which oh, is pretty so, much yeah. the first brewery, micro I think, brewery. micro yeah, brewery, yeah. brewery on the coast. Yeah, so uh, that's funny. Crooked Letter, after Katrina hit, Crooked Letter got contracted out to make the Beau Ravage beer. So that was like on my daily list back then was like, oh, check on all the bow beers. It was like they had the IPA and the yeah. Quarter Blonde and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. That was a people forget that time you even existed. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah, was awesome, was man. Pre Katrina. Yeah. And they used to have the big, uh, they were like copper and color, the, yeah. the brew oh, tanks yeah, yeah. or whatever they call them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it was like, I don't, did you ever, do you remember that? Was you, I wasn't even young enough to, to go, go in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but they had like, it was on display. Like, like that was the focal point of, oh, the, re- yeah. of the restaurant bar, whatever you want to call it. But it was badass. And I remember the brewmaster. I don't remember his name. I just know that he had, he had came from like Budweiser, I think, or something. He was, you know, had a pedigree i guess in that in that field but yeah. he showed us a few simple things and i just always thought that was cool as shit yeah. oh, i never yeah. wanted to pick it up and do it myself it was never but i always like you brought up colorado and mm-hmm. I, we just you see all these commercials about all these 
this awesome, you know, cold water coming down the mountain and yeah. all these flats and stuff. And to actually see it in Biloxi was cool to me and actually oh, have yeah, a Biloxi beer, you know. I was yeah, like, yeah. dang, Biloxi's getting up there. Yeah, man. yeah, we're fancy now. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then now now it's then like to like, a, a you know, just a regular person can do it now. Right, the, right, right. You said the laws changed. What year was that? So I think that was 20, I, I turned 15 that year. It had to be like 2012. Okay. Yeah. All 2012, right. I think, is when they changed the law to allow home brewers. Commercial brewing, I think they changed that law in like 2006, 2007, and that's when um, Lazy Magnolia first popped right, up. Right, right. And yeah. they were like the first. They, they were the, the first, first in the state. Yeah, right. they Out. like got the laws changed to allow yeah. it and then started and it. I think that was the allocation beers as well because that was the time we got Yingling over here from oh, Alabama. Yeah. And yeah. I remember you couldn't buy that certain beers outside of Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It changed Which up a doesn't lot. Doesn't make any sense. To <laughs> me. No, it's t- it's stupid to me. Yeah, it's all those laws typically end up being that way. And you bring up Ma- Lazy Magnolia. I remember hearing people talk. Like I got s- some people that would go over that way and talk to some. I guess it was the owner, but there was all kind of bullshit they couldn't do. Like you, oh, could, yeah, you couldn't sell there for the longest yeah, so time. Even right? when I was at Crooked Letter, it was like that. I think they changed that in 2016 or 17. But if you came into like our brewery, the only way you could get a beer is that. I would sell you a ticket for a tour. Right. And you could trade that ticket in for like one, like basically the equivalent of one pint. It was right. like two <laughs> 10 ounce pours or something, right? So it's like, oh man. Yeah, it's a and souvenir you could, pour. You could charge whatever you wanted, but you could only give them two beers. So you had to like price it out super, right. you know? Yeah. Like, oh, it's $5 to sign up for the tour. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was really funny. I hate those kind <laughs> of laws. It makes no dude. sense. I hate those kind yeah. of laws. I really yeah. do. So you, you started, uh, you say Crooked Letter. How long were you there? And I was only there for about like half a year i kind of went in i i must have just turned 18 because they wouldn't let me do anything before i was 18 and then even then they're like technically we're not supposed to hire anyone under 21 to be back here because i mean you got like full access to tanks yeah like, you can yeah. just walk up to a Sip, tank and pull off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> do a little quality control you know right. but uh yeah so it was a uh, kind of in that time in between like spring semester and going to college right so like graduation that summer and then dipped out to college yeah okay what did yeah. we do in college or did you, i'm sure uh, you still had the the brewery so bug, i actually right? went to college for fermentation science Damn, and food science really? and technology yeah where is um, that school yeah at? in fort collins where i was from originally okay. <laughs> out in colorado I, that's another major that <laughs> yeah. i didn't even know was no. a thing at it all it was like completely happened stance is that the right word anyways it works sure it works but um we'll edit it out i was looking for like (laughs) uh just degrees i I originally wanted to go into chemical engineering and then kind of like transfer a lot of people do that where it's like they go into engineering make their money and then go into brewing when they can find their place you know isn't that what uh craft did yeah Yeah. so that's what martin did he uh, he was like a biochemist yeah right right. and he just sits there and i could just imagine with the little beakers you know just pouring stuff (laughs) in concoction yeah yeah Yeah, so i was looking up just all these places and was uh seriously considering going out to colorado school mines which is in golden uh it's like a really big well, the really small, big engineering school. It's like 4,000 students, and that's all they do Okay, um, is engineering. So I was going to go there, and then like one of those targeted ads hit me, and it's like, Colorado State <laughs> opens it, the nation's yeah. second fermentation science program. And I was like, wait, that's what I want to do. Right. <laughs> Let's cut the middleman like, out yeah, here straight I mean, in like that shit. Two weeks before I decided on a college, right, I saw this Dude, ad. And ain't I was that, like, cr- I ain't that crazy how life works, though? Oh, Whether yeah. it's like a Facebook ad, because they can read your mind, so that's kind of like cheating anyway. Yeah. But just shit in life like that, you know? Oh, yeah. So one thing, and then boom, here you are on this other trajectory. Yeah. Which I mean, is the just, one you wanted to be on anyway. Exactly, yeah. And I, I have friends that went to school of mines, and 
they had a much different college experience than I did. You know, <laughs> they were like, you know, dorm studying six days a week, maybe got a day off on Sundays, but I was like running around breweries and going to sensory analysis classes at 10 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's what I was going to ask. How was that school like? I mean, is it just they walk in, call roll, and you know, start drinking? Basically, <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> they, sure, it's a little more it was funny because they wouldn't, they have like all their major specific classes. They wouldn't let you take until you were 21 because of that. But that basically made it to where the first three years were like hard science prereqs. Like you go all the way through senior level biochem and, uh, Ochem, PCHEM, like Crazy liquid stuff. physics, basically like liquid dynamic yeah, physics. Yeah, yeah. Just like all these absurd sciences. And then all of a sudden, your senior year, they're just like, hey, we're going to go to a distillery at 10 o'clock in the morning. And you're like, yes, I am. <laughs> we're going to do yeah. a tasting of their gin flight. It's like sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I bet there's like, not in most colleges where people are like complaining, man, I got so much work. I hate it here. Like, I yeah. bet it was, to was it totally different? Oh, yeah. You're yeah. ready to go to work. Everybody yeah. there was like, just like, no, this is. This is where we need to be. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it was cool. Like, uh, it was such a new program. I think I had 20, maybe just 20 people in my class, like mm -hmm. my graduating class. And most of them were actually uh, GI Bill vets that came on because they, they were like, wait, they got back and were like, I can go study beer in school. <laughs> yeah. So, like, <laughs> I was the yeah. youngest one by, like, four years. Like, there was one other girl that was, like, 18 to 20, you know, right. went in at 18. Right. And everyone else was like, late 20s early 30s you know <laughs> kind of all over yeah. the board so uncle sam's gonna finally give me something that That's i want right. yeah it. yeah <laughs> so did y'all have to learn the I, i'm guessing the, the, the uh, everything i've read on brewing is cleanliness is the thing oh yeah the, the, the purest cleanliness thing is is the way to start off with did y'all learn all the sanitation classes and oh, all that yeah, stuff like yeah. that so like the first like i said there were some classes you could take in the major that were like you there was not going to be any access to beer or alcohol or anything so they'd make you take it and i mean it was like studying like the chemical structure of different detergents and like why they work better than others and right so temperature real time science. relationships yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and a lot of it after that i mean that's like the most important like if you can't keep a place clean you're not gonna ever make good beer but that's like the very very early parts right then you get into like yeast health and yeast kind of just biology in general and right. even when you get into the funkier beers like this is a sour and that other one that i brought is a I love sour mixed beer. culture yeah. sour right God, so it's sours. like you start getting into bacteria and different you know strains and what they accomplish and how to blend your strains and keep counts of exactly how many cells you have in a in a vial you know if, if i had a slurry like that big you could walk me through at 19 how to count like every cell in that vial right really yeah damn it was fun <laughs> how, how? it was like a really cool you know though it kept like the interest up while you're going through like yeah like i said you're taking ochem but then like your next class is like we're taking yeast health and you're not going to taste any beer but like in three years when you can yeah you're gonna understand when it. you can yeah right 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 yeah. you'll be able to figure it out what did uh damn that's crazy man that's crazy did you feel like that that time working at the breweries back home did you have like a leg up big, oh yeah big on definitely most people? yeah yeah like i said it was a lot of gi bill guys who were just getting back and like moved up there and maybe never like, this is what i want to do had never probably homebrewed before you know right i think they were probably out of the 20 or so graduating there were probably like 10 of us that had homebrewed before and then i was one of three that had ever worked in a brewery so it was like major leg up like i just skipped over the first kind of class was like put my feet up and hung out yeah. you got know? these yeah. pre-regs like, down yeah. what are the basics of brewing you're it's like, like oh, on, you got seriously? mashing yeah. decocting lagering whatever yeah. you know <laughs> they're like all right no, no we get it you yeah know. you get yeah. it shut yeah. up till next yeah. semester yeah, we want anything out of you yeah 
So you get the degree, and then you head back to where? So I stayed up there. I thought I I had a blast in college in Colorado, as yeah. you can imagine. I, I I'm sure say, you know. Yeah, probably. I'm like kind of taking these lax schedules for the first semester. Like I said, my last semester was just chill. I probably skied I was 50 gonna... days a year out there. Was rock climbing in the summers. Had a blast, but uh, when I got out of college, I wanted to find a job kind of in that same area. Um, came out as a production manager for a hard cider company called Summit Hard Cider. Okay. Uh, had a blast with them, and then after working for them for about a year and a half, I guess we had lost the other two cider makers, so it was just me. I was working like 80 hours a week yeah going to work at 4 a.m when it's negative 10 degrees outside and i was like ah, i yeah. don't like it here anymore, <laughs> that's man. not what i wanted to do and yeah for this yeah what is what is is the cider sits in the same way as beer i'm guessing so the fermentation process is very similar um the only difference is like where you're getting the actual base right so it's just we would go we had a big juicing truck it was like an 18 wheeler with just all this juicing equipment on the back you throw up the flaps get to a farm process all their apples, take half the juice, sell them half the juice, and then dip back up to Port Collins and put it into the tanks. Okay. Um, and we had, dude, I think like 27 different brands of cider that we made year-round. Cider's pretty good. It's just a little it's sweet. Yeah, yeah I and I mean, a, a lot, lot of, of the big commercial producers are like a lot sweeter because that's what sells for them, right? It's like yeah. the meet the masses thing. Um, but you find some of these smaller producers like them up there and it's like they're making really dry kind of farmyard if you like sour beers or yes. saisons or anything you'd be a lot more attuned to that they're not nearly as sweet and they've got like a lot more character to them okay. yeah I yeah can get down. i can get down with that for yeah, sure no doubt for sure so how so how do you how do you get into it for yourself so if 10 degrees 4 a.m you're like yeah this ain't i was like no more, shoot man. man i gotta yeah. get out of here and uh i had gone out to Asheville at some point and worked for a brewery out there called the uh, Ginger's Revenge kind of on like a sabbatical during college. Do they have a big apple festival there in Asheville? Did yeah. I hear about that? Yeah. So they have a big cider um, kind of community as okay. well. They had a couple, maybe three or four cideries in just that one town. I mean, got like 40 breweries, so it's not that amazing. But <laughs> yeah. Um, and I worked for a alcoholic ginger beer maker out there and had hmm. an equal blast. Um, I've never heard that you can put al- it was, it was ginger alcohol beer. ginger beer. No. Yeah. So it's, uh, we make one at the brewery now actually that we release every i don't know three or four months um but it's basically just a ginger beer like you've had in a mule yeah. mule that's yeah. what we, we ferment it yeah. down to where it's dried out it's not sweet, sweet and it's just already alcoholic you can still make mules which are delicious dangerous right 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 but no so i was uh i like to put gasoline on my yeah. gasoline yeah man <laughs> lights it up quick <laughs> But I was uh, up there and thinking about like, oh, do I want to go back to Asheville? Do I want to find somewhere new? And I saw this article about uh, a guy trying to start a brewery in Ocean Springs. And I was like, I want to go check it out. I I said that I would never come back if they didn't change some of those laws. Right. Yeah, you know? well, you I was like, why would time. I be? Yeah, yeah, yeah you it'd be a time. complete like just you're going to go down there, lose a bunch of money and realize it's maybe not for you. you right, right, right. But right. Uh, like I said, they had already changed them and. This guy was trying to start a brewery, and he had some mutual friends. He didn't want to brew beer. He wanted to start a brewery. He was a really good home brewer, but he didn't have the time to basically run the day-to-day. So I came down here, met with him. We kind of decided that we were going to go into this together, go back up to Fort Collins, quit my job. I gave him like three months notice because I was the only guy. And I was like, you need to find like two or three people to replace me. <laughs> Quick, yeah. Otherwise it's going to be like a week and your next guy is going to be burnt out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I moved down in March of 2020. 
Oh, we yeah, all know what so that was all we about. We all know what happened. Yeah, that we one. all know how that went. Corvette uh, nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a horrible time, but it actually worked out really well. Um, I'm on my way down. My boss is calling me like, "Oh, please come back. I just furloughed everyone. Colorado's shutting down." I pull into Ocean Springs, and there is a full-on St. Patrick's Day. Parade Damn there. right, oh, there yeah, was. baby. Nothing had changed. Nothing. I mean. There was maybe two weeks of shutdown, um, and everyone in the project that I was going to start was kind of like, eh, we're going to wait till this gets over. Uh, so I spent a little stint over at Chandelier in Gulfport working with- uh, Cam and Kane. Cam and Kane and yeah. uh, Katie, who's a brewmaster now, and then Dave and Miles, who both left to start Fly Llama you know, yep, about right. two years ago. Um, and they had also been through the thing where they just furloughed everyone, so they're like, gladly, come on, help out. Uh, went over there for a few months and after a minute was like, all right, these guys are probably just going to like kind of forget about this brewery. I don't really know that they're still trying to do it. What's going on? Uh, so then we started kind of searching for our own place to start and just looking around, you know? Yeah. And uh, it worked out perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. I, I like that. So what, when, when you, who was we in that story at the end? Was it you and the original guy that you moved to? No. To so like I said, he, COVID changed everyone's lives, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So this guy ends up going and working for like Stennis like seven days a week and driving out there. So I was like, all right, he's kind of like tied up. I've got to either start something move. completely yeah. on my own or uh, find some partners. And, you know, me and my dad talked about doing some stuff. I was like, I don't really feel comfortable going into business with family always, you know, <laughs> yeah. especially with something that big. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was actually running while I was working at Chandelier, a small cocktail bar on Porter Avenue called the Wilbur. Yeah. Right under the Roost Hotel. I don't yeah. know if you know oh, we've all been those there. guys. Yeah, yeah. So I was running that for about a year. Um, like I said, kind of working for Chandelier, went to work for them for half and half, and then went there full time. Uh, but I was still brewing beer the whole time, just in my shed. I built out like a four thousand dollar brewery in my really? <laughs> in my backyard yeah so you I mean, got like, it bad you got you're addicted oh yeah. it's no bad. like it's yeah, the it's only bad. reason i do what i do is so i can keep doing it <laughs> yeah nice yeah like, i'm always is, jealous of people that yeah, yeah man, it's a blast like i never have a, a rough day up there you know it's like right. all right we'll get it tomorrow <laughs> yeah how many how many times did you mess them up before you got them right man man there was a long <laughs> you know and it's like after a certain point, you get to a point where you don't really like mess them up like right. you used to, you know, it's like everything's going to be, you know, consistent. Right. But like, then you start diving down into like exactly what you the, want. You're, and then you're it's homing like, them in. You know, yeah. like I've brewed beers where I, like people taste and like, holy shit, that's so good. And I'm like, trash. Like, there's this horrible little off flavor. Yeah. I can taste it on the back end. It's just a little grassy. Like dump it. Yeah. I'll drink it. When you're doing it in your backyard and you're brewing in your backyard, obviously I don't think you can sell those, right? So you no. give those away. So yeah. So I was uh This is a loaded question. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be careful how I answer yeah, yeah, yeah. that. But now he's gonna be calling. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh I was I had this little canning machine, um, and we would fill I would brew twenty gallons a week maybe, fill them and then fill cans, right? So it'd be like 40 or 50 cans of like two different beers, you know, 25 each. Um, and I'd take them up to the bar and if anyone came by, I'd be like, Hey, if you like craft beer and because they had a small draft selection, I think it was like six drafts in the Wilbur or something. And it was yeah. kind of okay beer. Nothing, none of it was like really super hyper local. It wasn't like Chandelier. It was more parish and Louisiana right. beers, you know, pull out a can of your own and Hey, first one's on me, buddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Hey, so man, that's actually how I met, uh, the partners that I'm with at Lost Spring was he came in one night 
tried to order a draft beer. It kicked halfway through the pint or something. He was like, was that the only IPA? I was like, well, <laughs> I have really one in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> Whip one out, hand it to him. He's like, damn, dude, you made this? I was like, yeah, yeah. I got a few more at the house sometime. Like, come by. And I had probably five or six different beers, everything from sours to Belgian singles to saisons. And uh, we just tasted through all of them. And he was like, you're really good at this. You yeah. Start something on your own. I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually currently looking for real estate. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Then how, how did you, uh, what did we, I've always liked the Wilbur. I've only been there a couple of times, mm-hmm. but it's real kind of tiny. I like the way they yeah, decorated yeah. and stuff. Did you dig? I know you're a beer guy. So, but did you dig, did you dig that place? Did you dig yeah. Yeah. There? No, I had a blast. It's a cool uh, environment. Yeah. Man. Lauren was the owner at the time and she's like one of my longtime friends down here. So it was cool to be able to, she like same thing, you know, COVID happens. All her employees kind of dip out she's right. closed for a minute. She's back open. Um, but it was really cool. Cause I got to see it like from the, trenches of covid having like four people come in get cocktails and take them out to the porch you know to like back to normal we're doing banging friday saturday nights with 150 covers you know oh, like, holy shit yeah <laughs> yeah um and i got to meet a lot of great people that followed us over to the brewery when we opened it and followed her over to 701 which is their new place in uh, ocean springs where's that at uh so it's you know our bacchus on the bayou you just opened yeah yeah it's that building next to it's called the eat drink love yeah and they have a Really, really nice cocktail bar upstairs. Did not Same vibe as the Go check it out sometime. Yeah, yeah. Great yeah. People. check that out. Yeah, but uh, I had a blast working with them. I always had appreciation for cocktails, and like I said, I I visited just as many distilleries as I did breweries. I just never got that into doing it myself. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but so it was fun to kind of take it back to that and take a break on the like just pushing and like when we were all working at Chandelier together, we were probably doing 50, 60 hour work weeks each you know just because it was only four of us and it was like just holy shit man so i got to take a break from <laughs> what did i sign up yes. for yeah i get into this shit uh where did you where did you learn the business side of it was it was that did they give you any of that in, in your degree uh, in so college I, I went ahead and got a business administration minor um just to get like kind of the basics of it and then i was always like breweries are usually run by very small teams of a lot of people wearing a lot of hats you know right so even from like the beginning days of crooked letter it was like hey uh we don't have anyone to like look through and file our taxes for this month so like you're gonna just go through all the production logs and like, like the, the teenager yeah, yeah exactly yeah, okay wow. you're the cook yeah the yeah. secretary yeah, and you the answer CFO, the phone yeah. and then if we need anything cook yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly so you know it was like you kind of start learning early on and take on more responsibilities you go when i was up in uh at summit cider that was my first like all around like production the only thing i didn't deal with was the tap room which was already very well established in that town it was like right in the middle of town so people were in there every day you know um but definitely got like a learn learning curve quick learning curve of the like production scheduling inventory management um distribution relations all that kind of stuff you know like guys will come up distributors will come up to breweries like that and like hey man you got that like 1500 cases and it's like what <laughs> I'm like yeah <laughs> somewhere you better have there. it by like next week it's like yep i'll have it bud <laughs> yeah yeah so uh <laughs> yeah, we will get to work yeah. yeah yeah so where where's your where's the new place at where is your actual brewery at? so we are located right behind mosaic and lady may in downtown kind of so if you're thinking streets it's washington and government on the south east side of it yeah um we have that parking lot uh well we're in that parking lot right behind those two we're on that porch um Mm kind of like right in the middle of the parking lot used to be connected to boots and spurs a long time ago it was a purple pelican Pelican. Um, so we kind of split that space but it works out because they're only open 
late night and we're only open during the day really yeah okay yeah it's Neon Moon now, right? It's Neon Moon now, yes. yes if okay. I did not mention that. Most yeah. people know it as the old Boots and Spurs. Yes. I, I didn't even know it that all happened. Spurs. In a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That all happened in a very quick timeline. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. And y'all are like, like you said, like on that porch area. Yeah, outside. yeah. So we have a tap room same, inside. It's the same building, no? Or, yeah, it's okay. the same roof and same building. Um, And we share the porch. Like I said, we're kind of like jutted straight back from the porch and Neon Moon is the rest. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're in a tiny little... Uh, 1200 square foot <laughs> place with it's cool we went in the other day brewing, yeah. yeah set up and everything so in the yeah. tank oh, yeah you walked in i didn't yeah, the yeah. tanks are all in that 1200 square yeah, feet yeah yeah so my whole brewing cellar we have seven tanks and it is 125 square feet wow it's tight. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that you is can tight. squeeze it in there it's only ever one or two of us back there working at a time so you know it's like yeah a nice place to just go zone out and <laughs> okay how many members you got on your team right now uh, so it's just me and uh, our friend Daniel Barajas. He runs the beer house at Mosaic and has for a long time. Yeah. Uh, right up there with that big draft room. Um, he's the only one that touches a beer other than me. And then I have probably seven taproom employees. And that's front of the house day. people. That's yeah, yeah. That's pours. all. Our, yeah. And we do. We have a big cocktail program there too as well. Um, one of the cool things about Mississippi, a lot of states don't allow, weirdly, <laughs> is uh breweries can have liquor and beer correct so we can mix cocktails we can do we have a really good <clears throat> bourbon selection that's, that's you know? funny you say that because i read it on your facebook page and i didn't know if i was reading that right until i started seeing the pictures because i didn't know that i didn't yeah, know yeah. you could do both I yeah yeah so it no used good. to be just small guys and they actually just changed it to where like now even chandelier has a pretty good little liquor, liquor selection, selection and cocktail uh program yeah i mean yeah. if a bar can do it i don't oh, yeah. really understand and i mean there's so many people down here that it's like yeah my husband loves craft beer but i like won't even drink a Michelob Ultra, you know? Right. Like, all right, well, <laughs> right. I got wine, I got vodka yeah, sodas, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, you know, frou-frou cocktails, whatever you want. Is, <laughs> is this a dumb question? Do you do you like beer to brew or drink or both? Like, is beer oh, your no, jam? It's, it's my jam. Okay. I mean, I, like I said, I love spirits, and I got, like, really into bourbon collecting for a while, so uh -huh. like I said, we've got a really good collection up there. Um, my dad raised me drinking tequila, like, really nice tequila, so we've always got some good tequilas behind the bar. Okay. Um, but beer is like my primary. Like, yeah. if I'm gonna sit down at the end of the end yeah. of the day and have a drink. That's you know? your go-go juice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like a beer every now and then, but it just I don't know. It ain't it ain't my favorite all the time drink. Yeah. It's well, a boating yeah. drink. If no, you're I love. Be out it, of the but water. it's a summer. Oh, right. Yeah. Summer drink. When right. it gets too hot, I can't drink whiskey. I love whiskey. I love bourbon. But it gets yeah, too hot, yeah. it's like. I'd rather have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I stumbled upon sour beers, which is probably a good segue into that yeah, growler yeah. right there. Um, I freaking love those things now yeah, a lot, but, but I hate IPAs pretty much. Most I'm of the ones I that I I didn't bring an IPA because I almost <laughs> filled that thing up with our New England IPA. Yeah. And I was like, Some of them are good. I I've had a couple that might work better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had a couple that were good, but I've almost had no sours that I don't like. Yeah. 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 Well, explain the vibe of the bar and then let's start drinking. Yeah. These yeah. Let's start testing them. them in there. Uh, yeah, so we call it the Lost Spring. Uh, Ocean Springs obviously has this history of having like the spring that no one really knows where it is. I have like three friends that are like, oh, it's on my property. Yeah. And I'm like, there's yeah. like a ground seepage point, you know, like groundwater seepage, but yeah. no real springs anymore. Uh, but we wanted to kind of like take that and run with it. So we try to create like a very natural wooded area type of vibe. All of the woodwork was done by uh, me and my partner, Taylor Pontius, who owns Neon Moon now. Um, He's an incredible woodworker, man. I don't, I, I don't know if you got to check it out while you were in there the other day. But we that just bar ran. top was so much. Oh fun yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's all sinker cypress, yeah. back poured with epoxy and done, done up real nice. Um, and it's kind of just like you're. We're just off the beaten path enough to where you can come in and enjoy yourself and, and have some friends and have a conversation and not be, you know, like 
going the government. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, night yeah. on government. <laughs> I'm gonna start flashing some photos while you keep yeah, describing. It's, it's yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but uh, no, it's it's a blast up there, man. I mean, I, I'm biased as hell, but it's my favorite place to hang out. You know, just go up there with a few friends. Like I said, we do random events like bingo on Tuesdays and. That was a exceptionally packed day. Yeah, uh, yeah. It doesn't That's always huge. look like that, but it, it's fun to see it like that. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> so you got it inside, and then you got the walk up side curtains. Yeah, right? yeah. So that was like a really important thing. We kind of thought of that is like, how do we maximize the use of this tiny space? Mm-hmm. Like, well, duh, make it inside outside. You know, it's like yeah, it's gonna be hot as shit back there anyways because we've got 180 degree water going in a tank pretty much 24 seven, and glycol coolers pumping out heat and walk-in coolers pumping out heat and you know, yeah, might as well open it up yeah might as well open it up and catch a breeze in there yeah i'll so wait till i catch up here because we're a little bit of a lag as to what you're what are seeing over there but um looks like some little organic stuff what was well your photos about? are yeah. on point we talked about right here so describe <laughs> that to us that's your that's your brewing tanks there that's that's so the, yeah that's daniel that's uh my assistant right there and me brewing it looks like a batch of uh our hard ginger beer actually uh so those little tanks that he's touching are what we brew our ginger beer in uh, we keep it gluten-free for everybody because it is naturally gluten-free. So we only use those tanks and only use like lines for that gotcha. um, beer. But it's like for being something you only get 31 gallons out of, it's probably one of the hardest brew days we have. It's like just trying to work around these tiny tanks with yeah. all this kind of like really obnoxiously small <laughs> setup. Uh, but it's Little fun. Tools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool though, man. What's yeah. your uh, – give us some of the beers and what do you usually keep on tap, have on tap? Yeah, so we have uh, – well, let's crack this yeah. open, if yeah, that's yeah, yeah. all right. I don't want it yep. to get too warm, but we'll no, talk no, no, about no. some of our small batches first, and then we'll go into some of the other ones we make. Um, so this is actually one of our most popular beers we've probably ever made. Uh, it is a lemon meringue sh- sour um, called Chantilly Lace. Okay. So I don't know how much y'all want. I'll, I'll fill all that of up. It? Yeah, I should have filled that up. That was dumb. It's all good. <laughs> but uh, this was a beer that kind of like, I feel like represents Lost Spring pretty well. Grab that. Yeah, go ahead. And because uh, it was just a beer, like you know, people are always asking, like, oh, how do you come up with your beers? What do you do? What's your inspiration? This and that. And it's a lot of things, you know. It's like good. sometimes yeah. there's days where you know, let me top you off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, sometimes there's days where you go in with a very in tune perception of what you want to brew and what you want it to be. Right. And other days you walk in and you say, I've it's got just, yeah a hundred pounds of pilsner malt, like ten ounces of saz hops and some bacteria that i could throw in there and now <laughs> let's make it um, work this one was kind of a, a throw in between where i was out golfing at the preserve right down the street actually Fancy. had a few beers in me and uh my dad was like you need to start making sours it was like one of the first sours we made and i was like yeah I they're not my sours. favorite thing but i'll make one soon and he was like what what do you think you're gonna do and i was like i'm gonna do a lemon meringue sour for some reason that was the first thing it was hot as shit out there yeah like lemon meringue He's like what do you mean i was like just a little bit of fresh lemon juice blended in, rested on vanilla for a few days, went in the next week, and it was one of those cases where I was like, I can only make like three beers, and none of them are what I need. So we're gonna do Chantilly Lace for the first time, and my God, the people tore through that batch. <laughs> so it's good. It was like a week and a half, and you know, people are walking up like, Oh, you guys still got Chantilly? We're like, No, and they would just walk off. Like, oh. <laughs> You're like, Damn it! <laughs> yeah. Well, Damn you it. suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that yeah. one beer is good. <laughs> yeah, no, this is really good. I yeah, like it's this. really good. This is really good. And that this is the recipe that you're talking about. Yeah, so this is Chantilly lace. Okay. Um, and like I said, it's just a kettle sour that we make. Um, it's about five and a half percent. We blend it down with a little bit of fresh lemon juice. Um, and then rest it on some like uh Ethiopian vanilla beans for 
two or three days to get that creaminess out of it. It's got kind of wow. like it's kind of got like a uh, cereal kind of vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. So all the sours that we make, uh, we try to put like a pretty decent malty backbone into it because there's no. I mean, there's probably like four ounces of hops in this whole 75 gallon batch which is like really small yeah, yeah. probably doesn't mean much to you but yeah <laughs> like a really small amount of hops in it right so like your main shine is going to be whatever you blend in after and also that malt bill um and to get that kind of cake vibe right that like lemon meringue cake yeah. you want a little bit of cracker ba- like back behind it it's good for for people yeah. that that don't know anything about brewing uh which i would say joey and i probably very do not in there <laughs> Can you walk through like the quick spiel of how to brew a brew beer? Yeah, yeah. So uh, your ingredients to we'll go we'll skip the kettle sours. I'll explain that in a second. Okay, because <laughs> it's a little different. A little different process. But uh, for your basic beer, you're gonna grind down malt. Is how every beer starts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some adjuncts you can use in with the malt, like wheat. We make a rye IPA with like 20% rye, um, oats, rice, whatever you know, corn basically any grain. Um, and so you're going to extract the sugars out of that, uh, in a process called mashing. You're combining it with a heated water. It's not boiling, but it's not cool. It's you're shooting for about 150 degrees in general. Uh, and that sits for about an hour and all of these enzymes start coming out of the malt and breaking down the starches and like dissolvable sugars, right? (laughs) So like you taste in the first five minutes and it just tastes like you're sucking on like a wheat, like Mm -hmm. stock, right? Mm -hmm. It's like no flavor. There's nothing really to it. But then after an hour, it's like the sweetest liquid you've ever sipped. Like it breaks down so many of the sugars. Um, you get about, on our system, about 85, 80, anywhere from 82 to 85% uh, efficiency. Mm-hmm. That means like 85% of that, those sugars are being converted or starches are being converted. You're ending with a product that's like, no joke, almost as sweet as maple syrup. It's like really thick, sticky, sweet wort. Um, so then you boil it, you add your hops, uh, the hops get added at different points in time when you're shooting for different things. Mm-hmm. The earlier you add them in general, the more bitter it's going to become. The later you add them, the more kind of aroma you'll get out of it, which a lot of the new IPAs, the new England IPAs right. and stuff, you're shooting for those late edition hops because you get a lot of, uh, tropical fruit, fruit flavors, a lot of juiciness is what people are kind of like shooting for in those And that's beers. usually the aftertaste that grabs you in the back of the So throat. that's more of those like beginning bittering hops, okay. right? So that's that like converts an acid into a very like flavor positive bittering compound and so those are the old ipas that like it'll stick yeah, in the back of your throat right. you know nowadays a lot of people just skip those completely like ghost in the machines kind of one of the, yeah, the yeah, well-known yeah. right so they probably put like either no or almost no bittering hops in and it is all late edition whirlpool and uh dry hopping which is when you add hops into the tank while it's fermenting so after you boil, you add your hops, uh, you cool it down to about 60 to 70 degrees, depending on what beer, even lower if you're going to be brewing a lager. Mm-hmm. Um, and you pitch your yeast, uh, which is very beer dependent. We use probably six different house strains of yeast at Lost Spring, um, but they're not all being used at one time. You know, you've got like stores right. of them in the back. Martin is like one of those guys you could just sit down and talk about yeast he, for he came 10 here hours. And, yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. I just want to drink this, this beer, dude, bro. This yeah. Dude's <laughs> beer, bro. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, but so it ferments out. Uh, you crash it down about as cold as you can get it, and everything will per- precipitate out of solution. So you go from like a very chalky, hazy product to something like this or something like a lager clarity, you know? Yeah. Um, and then you just 
send it into a bright tank is what it's called, uh, carbonate it, keg it. If you're going to go into cans or bottles, there's a lot of different offshoots, yeah. um, obviously, and like yeah. a lot of different intervention points, I guess, where you can change what you're doing, but that's like the basic. Does, like, it, right. does where it goes for, for like keg versus bottle versus whatever, does that matter to you on the, on the brew end? Um, does that yeah, change anything? Uh, it doesn't really change anything on the brew end, but it definitely has a really big impact on the final beer. Um, canning and putting beer into pretty much anything but a keg is a lot harder than it should be really because uh, beer you're always fighting oxygen so mm -hmm. like from the second that we get out of our boil kettle everything we do is basically in an attempt to like not allow any oxygen into the process okay. so it's all closed loop transfers mm -hmm. even when we dry hop and are adding things in the tank we'll put it in a vacuum pull a vacuum with co2 and then drop it in to where there's like no oxygen transfer there right right um and that's like a big big thing but when you're putting beer into an open container like a can like a can is looks like this when it's filled and then right. the top gets dropped on top and sealed so you're basically fighting this whole container being full of oxygen right yeah. so if someone doesn't do that right doesn't know what they're doing you're purged there's a co2 purge that'll burst a little into the bottom of the can and kind of create a layer mm -hmm. if that's not working right you'll just ruin a beer i mean like i've i've watched like one of my first days working at crooked letter we threw away i think it was five thousand beers what <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was like the first day i was like oh this is what we're talking about <laughs> holy shit i was like how much did that cost you man he was like don't worry about Don't it. Ask. Yeah, you'll yeah. learn that later. Yeah. You're yeah. not getting a paycheck yeah. this yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> I might be pissed off for the rest of the day, just yeah. so you know. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's tough there. So what do you what do y'all usually y'all you for your beers? You put them in cans. You put them in kegs. So everything we do right now is canned. Um, we do offer growlers as like a kind of out of the tap room exchange if you want to take beer home. Not the best way to drink beer. Obviously, right. this kind of situation where you're going to drink it two hours after it's filled is all good, but they're not for like long term storage at all. Yeah. Um, occasionally, we'll make bottles like this that kind of like they're almost sealed. like a wine bottle. Yeah, Champagne, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and those are kind of for our nicer beers, and we don't do it. I think we've only done it once actually since we opened with a gin barrel saison that we released. Those bottles are still sitting upstairs conditioning. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm things. talking about. Yeah, they're gonna. Those ones are gonna age out a little longer. <laughs> yeah. So when mo when people go to your bar, what are the what are the sizes that you're giving these? What are these called right here? These are. So that's a ten ounce, uh, kind of like Belgian snifter. Right. Uh, the pints definitely are most popular. People just they're out. That's the thing, you know. Like a lot of the breweries that are selling off premise have like. A lot more beers that they're going to serve in three ounces or five ounces or 10 ounces or 12. Um, but when it's just a tap room that you're going to get all the beer you can there, you might as well. <laughs> yeah. Pull some pints. <laughs> yep. What about the, uh, what about the laws? Like obviously they've came full circle since, you know, yes. I guess 12 or 15. Yes. Um, have they gotten better? Wor not worse. I wouldn't think. Right. But they've gotten a lot better. I wouldn't have come back if they got worse. That's for right. Sure. <laughs> right. They even stayed the same. Right. But, um, They've gotten a lot better. We would not even be able to open back in 2012. Uh, right. But obviously, like, we're able to do what we do. And like I said, the having cocktails on the side thing definitely helps a lot. Um, Can you sell food? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we we don't personally, like, delve into the food game ourselves. Uh, right. But we have pop-ups come. We built a little, like, taco bar on our porch out. So every Friday and Saturday night, you can come up and get uh, 
some really good Venezuelan food right now is who's running it, but we have kind of different people trade in and out. Okay, so kind of like keeps, a, keeps like it fresh. Food, yeah, yeah. food truck kind of deal? Yeah, basically, like, we didn't have a space to fit a downtown kitchen, Ocean Springs, yeah. obviously low on parking. Yeah, there. right. Didn't good have Lord. a space to put a food truck, so it was like, well, let's just build a little kitchen and have people come in, so we kind of give them free range, and it's like we've had guys do pop-ups where they did crawfish and, uh, you know, like, jambalaya and then we've had guys come up and do all sandwiches and salads and, that's a killer uh, idea yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely it's, it's killer fun. keeps your menu like you know entertaining right yeah yeah and like i said the guys that are running it now are uh they're called the rape bar they're out of mobile actually some of the best venezuelan food i've ever had um, i've never had really venezuelan good. food. yeah they've got like a rapas which are these like kind of pastries almost like a um meat pie but like a fried pastry so they're really crispy mm-hmm. some of the best hot sauce they I don't even know where they how they make that stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's like I can't tell you about that. Can't tell you about that. You gotta try yourself. At your own risk, though. It's at your own. What are you? What are What are y'all hours? How? What I mean? When are y'all open? So we're open seven days a week. Uh, a little bit weird on the schedule. We open at four Monday and Tuesday, two Wednesday and Thursday, and then noon Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. And it's basically just open till every night. So you're ripping seven days a week. Did I hear you yeah. right? My man loves his job. Yeah. He, loves he loves beer. It. He loves man, it. I'm having he a blast. loves it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it. That was. I was going to ask. Did you have any? Uh, you know, you you went from working a lot of hours for other people. Did you doing your own thing? Like, yeah, has yeah. it been? Oh no, do you I work get just pulled, as much. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure, for sure. If but do more. you do you feel like, damn, I like I like the running the business side of it too? And 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 when you got your own name on it, your own logo, like that really makes it better. But do you feel like I just would rather focus on the brew more, or no, I like the whole picture. I like all of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like one of the big things that got me into making beer in the first place, other than just like literally needing a source of alcohol, was like, <laughs> you know, the my parents were never like big drinkers, but when they had people over, there was always a very like communal drinking mm-hmm. feel, you know? Um, and so that means a lot to me and being able to run a tap room where it's like, I know almost every regular by like name where they live, what their dog's name is, what yeah. beer they're going to order, you know? And that's like really important for me. Whereas like, back when I was running kind of big distribution brews and stuff, it's like, you're just in the back all day. You, you might go out there and have a pint yeah. at the end of the day, but you're kind of like, no, don't approach me, you know? Right, <laughs> like, right, I've had right. An unbelievable day. Yeah, uh, that's a cool part of it. I didn't I didn't really think about, but yeah, yeah you get yeah. to be more of a spokesman for your brand, your business, and, yeah, exactly. and get to know your customers. Yeah, yeah, and it's a lot more fun like that to me just because you get so much like direct feedback, you know? It's like, oh man, like, I'm a big IPA guy, but that last one just wasn't it. Or like the opposite, you know, they're like, holy shit, you need to do that again. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that was, uh, we've got a Kolsch coming out later this week that we brewed like a year ago. And it was like just one of our regulars favorites, you know, it was like one of those beers that absolutely took off. And it's cool to like see how quick it's selling, but also like who's drinking it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely are you, a- Are you like a mad scientist who's just constantly back there trying to- Chop stuff up, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My girlfriend will be like, "What are you thinking about, babe?" I'm like, "Think about this white stout that I want to bring." You know, you know, like, <laughs> and you a little bit, but yeah. mostly yeah, the yeah. white stout. Yeah, reminds me, like on a date, yeah. like a steakhouse, and I'm like, just this beer that I want to make. It, remi- one day. it reminds me of that meme. Have you ever seen it where the guy's got his back to the girl and they're laying in bed and her blurps like, oh, "I bet yeah, he's yeah. thinking yeah. about other, other women." women. And oh, it, yeah, but yours me. is like, "I wonder if I can come on, blah blah blah, with this white stout. It's gonna be delicious." No, there was like a good two weeks where I was stuck on that beer, man. I was like, I'm going to make a white stout. And it came out. I brewed it finally. Came out fantastic. 
but there was like two weeks where like in my mind it was like do i want to use this moth or this moth you know do i, I love wanna, that dude I how much that. coffee do i want to put in it how do i want to put the coffee in it i'm gonna put cacao nibs in it where do i get them what am i gonna you know yeah, <laughs> it's like, because if you jack something up at the end you gotta, oh, yeah. you gotta wait what what's one take to ferment usually or to so the ending process general turnaround time is like anywhere from our quickest beers which are like our new england's are like three weeks and almost everything else is like a month plus that's some from beer is going up cracking like ingredients yeah yeah to so like put from like a- milling to like it's on tap and people are drinking it. it's usually about that like most are about a month to like a month and a week but that Kolsch, i looked at it i started it in uh like april 28th i think and i just transferred it today it'll be on tap by thursday Nice. So you got to wait two months to see if you screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. When it's like even worse is like a lot of times, especially with loggers and colches, it's like there's like a that period. So it all ferments in about a week, like seven days. It'll be kind of done fermenting. Like it'll be alcoholic. But there's for those beers, there's like an, a month and a half to a two month to a three month lagering period where the beer is just cleaning itself up. So like it gets done and you taste it and you're like, Oh God! Oh, that's trash. Yeah, and you're like, oh, <laughs> wait a week, you know. Dude. And that's like a big part of it is just being patient enough to like, yeah, don't don't transfer, it, don't rush it, you know. Yeah. It just it, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes you gotta go down a tap in the tap room, you know, and like, yeah, I'm gonna clean this beer up and put something out that I'm actually proud of, rather than like trying to rush out a beer Correct. to hold eight taps, you know. Yeah. Do y'all hold staples? Do you have staples that yeah, like yeah. say you have? What yeah. Are those? So we have uh, four flagships, is like what you would call them, I guess. Um. We have a pale ale called 1699 Pale Ale. It's like our kind of light. It'll convert a Miller Light drinker to a craft beer guy. Um, we have our Mississippi Hippie, which is I think I gave you the Mississippi Hippie the other yes. day. It's that New England IPA. It was good. Um, it's like a good kind of middle of the road, like not super juicy, not super bitter IPA. You know, usually you can down a couple in the heat of the summer and not feel too too bad about yourself. You mm-hmm. know, right? <laughs> um, we've got a Porter called the Porter Porter um, that we make with some blackstrap molasses made up in Jackson. Uh, that was kind of like one of those homey beers, you know. It was like, what you used to eat when it was your your granddad's house? Like, yeah, biscuits and molasses. Yeah, <laughs> all right, and coffee. There it is. <laughs> Sweet. Let's make it a beer, you know. Um, and then we have a rye IPA called Rye or Die that was like just one of my favorite. <laughs> that I was like, like that. one of those from college that I used to make. It was like you put one of those kegs on at a party and it blows first, but everyone's pretty hammered because it's seven and a half percent and then you just start throwing out like whatever you want well <laughs> yeah. that's what i was going to ask you too about percentages i remember um because not only we did we have craft advisory on but we had the guy from yeasty beastie was on yeah, yeah, a yeah, while yeah. back yeah. um and he said that the guys that are heavy in the brewing and love beer a lot they like a lower alcohol content because yeah, yeah. so you like I'm to like drink more of it right session beers like especially at the brewery because you're thinking like again distribution versus a tap room like people love buying you know, seven and a half percent, eight percent cans and going home and trashing through three while they're mowing their lawn, <laughs> right. you know. But then, like, if you have a guy come in and drink three pints of a seven or eight percent, yeah, IPA, he might need an Uber. He's, yeah, it's he's like, crushed. you know, like, yeah, and no one thinks it. I remember one day somebody had four IPA, four of the Ryer dies in a row, pints, and he's like, We're like, hey, sir, like, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to cut you off. If you need some water, you're welcome to it. If you need us to call you an Uber, whatever. Like I'm not drunk, 
only have four of them beers. I could usually drink a 12-pack of Michelob. It's like, dude, that's like each one of those, like, yeah. three Michelobs. So you had a 12-pack of Michelob. He's like, damn it. Don't be talking math to me. Yeah. I, can't, yeah. I, I still have my shoes on. Did he stand up, though, and he's like, oh, maybe yeah, you're right. He yeah. was like, oh, yeah. And then he came back around, and he's like, where's my truck? And we're like, we're just going to call you an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you don't realize it sometimes until you stand up. You know, like, oh, yeah, man. A little bit more. And, like, you make a 7.5% beer that goes down, like, a 5%er, and it, it's a bad combination. I've seen it happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got a you got a tip to yeah. Where do, what's the, What's your magic number? Do you think for you personally? Personally, I'm like usually in the five and a half, six range. If it's like a hot day and I'm trying to kind of get down, I'll have right. like go for like a four point five percent. Like that mm-hmm. goal should be four seven five, and that'll be like my summer beer. You know? Yeah. How do y'all test that at your place? Uh, so it's all about um the specific gravity okay. the solution. So it's like, like I say, you're extracting all those sugars, right? So sugar is going to make liquid more dense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you test it by that. It's called the hydrometer. Um, and so you take a reading at the very beginning and then at the very end of fermentation, like when you're about to package it. And so the difference in between that, there's like a long formula mm-hmm. that you apply to it and it'll shoot out a exact number for you. For, so you I don't know. shake it up like moonshine and see the bubbles on it? <laughs> yeah, you don't look at the legs. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that ain't going to work too good. Did you, have, did you have another one that we were going to try out? Let's, um, let's... Yeah, do you want it, any more of this? This is oh, actually... We'll drink some of that later. Let's taste yeah. the other yeah, I want to yeah, sure. taste the flavors. Like I said, so this isn't one of our beers, but this is actually like uh, kind of the beer that one of the beers, or the style at least, that got me into brewing. Um, so when I went up to Colorado to visit colleges for the first time, I'd already been brewing... But I wasn't that serious about it. And uh, my mom took me to this brewery. It was a little farmhouse brewery. And all they did was uh, barrel-aged saisons, barrel-aged sours, stuff like that, right? And I had never had beer like that. Coming from Mississippi, like a sour beer was a horrible mistake at that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was, like, really interesting to go up here and have this beer that I was just like, that's, that's well, still a beer? It kind of goes in phases because I know ipas were huge yeah yeah huge and then all of a sudden ipas went to sours and now sours get huge and yeah, it's yeah. kind of like I thought what, ipas were still dominating what oh, they are but yeah to yeah. me sours are more i see more people ask for sours now yeah if that yeah. makes sense Definitely. more than ipas or yes. ask for sours more than they used to than they used to yeah that makes sense because yeah. yeah. there's more of them available right i guess so. And, yeah. and i would say on the on the level of there's this is, might sound super stupid, but there's levels of sour to sour oh, beers, yeah. right? So this yeah, is like going to be one of the more sour. I was going to say I like more. Me too, me too. The first one, which was great, but it was a I would call that low sour. Like there wasn't a tart, a super. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I sour all that of our beers sour. to about three point five pH. Okay. Just because that I find it's like a very good intersection where like no one's going to pucker at it. Yeah. You know, the guys that have never had a right. sour beer, never liked it, will like it. But the people that want their sours will also be okay with it, you know? Right. So barrel-aged sours, this is a much different process from That's different. What, okay, bars. yeah, let's talk down this one. It kind of tastes like apple juice. It does. It's got a definite, like, fruit fruit thing yeah. going on. Let me get some because it's been a minute since I had this. So now, this, this is, is uh, not yours, you It said. almost this tastes like champagne. Mine, no. Yes. Yeah, so this is uh, It's called a long memory. It is from Parlo Beer Lab down in the Bywater of New Orleans. They're probably, like, kind of like my inspiration you know like one yeah. of those breweries like i said that first one i went to it was like chase that and i worked under a bunch of belgian guys who that's like these type of beers all came from belgium originally they're not german lagers they're not english ales they're like their own thing um so they're the, they're 
Harlow is like the nearest brewery that does this kind of beer, right? It's all wood aged. They usually will go for six months to a year in either a barrel or what's called a fooder, which is like a giant, like, you know, 500 gallon barrel. Um, and you just get a lot, a lot deeper, more complex beers out right. of it, right? So this one, like ours is kettle soured. So we add a bacteria, it drops down the pH, gives you a little bit of flavor in the meantime, but the main reason you're doing it is just to drop the pH down. We kill off all the bacteria by boiling it and then ferment it like we would a normal beer with yeast. There's no bacteria left. Package it, you blend it down. Whereas these beers, so they're taking straight out of that boil kettle, like like I was saying, they cool it down and they just put it into a barrel and have a house culture usually in the wood that kind of ferments it. So you're like, it's a lot more of a guessing game, but the guys that crush it, crush it, you know, it's like. So it's kind of like whiskey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so you're getting a lot more into like blending, um, blending beers at that point and different malt bills, um, whereas our job is more like, we're going to make this beer. Their job is more like, we're gonna make a beer. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be good, beer. but we don't know exactly what it's gonna be. Right, that's the mad scientist. <laughs> that's part, crazy. Right? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what kind of got me into it. Right, it was like this realization that like, oh, there's a whole different side of this where like I'm shooting after like this many IBUs, this ABV, this flavor character. Like, there's some guys that are just, just shooting from the barrel, and it's coming out. It's kind of like the the white airhead. Remember the white yeah, airhead? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you didn't know what yeah, flavor no, was going to be, so yeah. you ate it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it reminds me. Of, I think about it like as music, though. You know, you got the guys that are super technical. They know every music oh, theory yeah. on the planet. They know all the scales. They know everything, and they're good. But then you got certain guys that just got that play, feel, man. Yeah. And it doesn't matter oh, what man. they play. Yeah. You know, they're kind of like doing stuff that's like like jazz guys. It's not all the way even right. Yeah, but yeah. it's perfect. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? You're always so, a half step away, man. Right, <laughs> right, right. And so I guess you know, no, brewing yeah, is the same. It was really funny because uh, when I was up in Colorado, I had kind of two main mentors, right? One was uh, this guy who was, at the time, the head brewmaster of Coors. He was the leader of the MBA, uh, yeah, MBAA, the Master Brewers Association of America. Um, just like if you said his name, people were like, oh, yeah, no, I know Toby. You know, and <laughs> yeah. he was very, like, German Ryan Heights to boot brewer. He was like, this is how it's done. This is how it's done every time how you recreate a beer down to like 0.0001% every time, right? You're and don't change for God's it. Yeah, sake. right, right. And then this other guy was like this old Belgian professor who had worked for New Belgium since about like the 90s. He was the head brewmaster there. He brought kind of the style of sours and kettle sours and barrel-aged sours to America back in the, like I said, like late 80s, early 90s. And he was like, Dude, like it's just beer, you know. <laughs> it's like you just—it's yeah. not that complicated, right? Um, and it was really fun to like learn from these two completely different sides of it, you know, and see like how how different it can be. What's the what's the prestige like <clears throat> in the beer game? Kind of like what you just mentioned. I mean, is that did, you know is there a is there a beer Olympics for brewers? Oh, like yeah. what what what's oh, the yeah, man <laughs> for sure? <laughs> I knew there had to be. Yeah. So uh, I mean the. The two biggest ones would be like GABF, the Great American Beer Fest, which is generally held in Denver. Um, and I've been a couple times, and oh my God, when mm-hmm. I tell you it's like a kid in a candy shop, it's like there's going to be five. I bet for you, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure, like, right? There's going to be hundreds of hundreds of breweries serving their beer. There's going to be 5,000 breweries, like employees there. There's going to be like seminars. There's going to be tasting events. There's going to be competitions. Um, and so like the sought after crown of craft beer is like the gabf gold medal okay some years they don't even hand them out so they have like 
there's probably 108 different styles in their guidebook, right? And so you enter per style. You can enter like four or five, I think, at a time. Um, and you're shooting for like the best New England IPA, the best brown ale, the best like winter saison, right? Yeah. Um, and if you win that, you're the, you're Michael Jordan. Yeah, because like I said, some years they'll be like, uh, none of the IPAs All were good suck. enough for gold this year. So like, <laughs> what? you get silver, you get bronze. Wow, I like that. I don't know that I know of any competition I've ever heard of this that gangster to yeah, be like, like they just all say, y'all, like, no, thank you for coming, but y'all suck. Yeah. <laughs> I like you're, that. Dude, it I, I do like that. I yeah. do like that. Last year, I think there were more categories that didn't get awarded a gold medal than ever because they were just like, and it's like one of those things, you know, I think there's, last time I checked, there's 8,000 some breweries in the U.S. And they're all competing for these spots, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, nah, it just didn't float the bill. And you got to be pressing, you got to be going up, you got to be innovating, you know? It's not just like, oh, I made the same IPA five years in a row, right. one gold every year. It's like, no, nah, I won gold one year. The next year, the batch was not even good enough to place, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, you got to do some innovative yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah. It special. Do y'all have a? Do you have any plans to to try to can and get out like distributor wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, so uh, is that more headache than it's worth? I always worth, call or? like Lost Spring as it exists now is like like the original experiment, right? We wanted to like come in the craft beer world in Mississippi is like much further behind just oh, right. because yeah. of literally the limitations like of everything we have. else. Well, the law, yeah. yeah, right. So it's like if breweries couldn't open here until two thousand six, like there were guys who have been doing it for forty years, you know, up in like. Right. Brooklyn and right. Boston and then Colorado. So y'all so, like the innovators. Yeah. So like we wanted to come down and just kind of check out the space. It was weird originally. Cause I was like, like this, like I said, is like my style of beer. If I put eight of these on tap, I would go out of business within a month. Right. <laughs> right. Cause not it's everybody's... just like, it's not everyone's jam. It's not the market. Right. Like we do really well with our new England IPAs, with our kettle sours, with our lighter beers. Like we have a Belgian wit that people just absolutely love. Those kind of beers, like, they crush. Um, but we kind of wanted, like, a test grounds for that, right? Rather than, like, going and spending a million bucks, 1.5 million, putting in a brewery and then being like, oh, shit, I'm making the wrong type of beer. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, you, you uh, got to have a staple. I mean, it's always, hey, what what tastes like Michelob Ultra? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, what right? tastes so like, like comparison. Coors Light? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah. I said, 69.9 is that, like, Miller Light conversion beer, you know? Yeah. It's like nobody's ever going to be mad about it not too hoppy it's not too sour it's not flavored with anything right it's like a beer right so it's yeah. like got to have one of those and then from there it's just testing your grounds right <laughs> i think it's like whiskey too they you start off well, like i did with cheap nasty crown royal wild turkey mm-hmm. and then you once your palate builds you jump up to a little better beer and you kind of get out of your um yeah yeah your exactly. zone so that's you where you start getting yeah, into yeah. like this kind of stuff and yeah. like food rage pilsners and like all this weird shit right but yeah like everyone's got to start out with like that one day they went to a pub and didn't realize it was a craft pub and you know it's yeah. like oh let me get a miller oh you got a 16.99 sweet i'll try it and then they come back three months later and they're like oh i'm into ipas now you know i had my first one <laughs> yeah. that i liked a week ago and yeah. then, oh man i had a sour for the first time you know and you just kind of go along that that yeah. list going, cool. going back to what you said though about about not wanting to build like a one point mom 1.5 million dollar <laughs> yeah. situation and, and not know so are, are you saying that like where you're at now is, is like your testing ground to do yeah, something yeah exactly a bigger microbrewery yeah, yeah okay so like we wanted to establish ourselves which we've done a good job of now it's kind of just figuring out how exactly we're going to scale it where we're going to move next mm-hmm. what we're going to put into it what we think we should versus like 
you know what's realistic um but we'll definitely move probably i would say in the next two or three years to a bigger location start doing like minor distribution first just okay. like kegs to bars right because that's like a great tap room revenue is always going to be like your bread and butter in a brewery because yeah. like your margins are just stupid right when you start distributing and going through yep. third party yeah and they, they got to get their cut they right? cutting yep. and cutting yeah and cutting. but like yeah. it's totally worth it for me to take even like a small loss on a keg sending it to a different bar where someone's going to have it and be like oh where this is made down the street then we'll go look i'm gonna go up. there yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. so like that's kind of the business model that we're like looking to go into okay. gotcha. gotcha kind of in between the like parish and like where we are now right like fly llama is a great great representation of like the perfect brewery plan it's like put out five or six beers in your local distribution yeah drive people to the tap room have 30 beers on tap and just crush it let them know? dig in yeah. Yeah. yeah uh douglas wants to know thanks for the question man uh do you have do you do you do tours uh i can give anybody a tour when i'm there yeah um you it can... is it's a very small setup like i said it's 125 dollars <laughs> right for five dollars right. 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 sounds poor man yeah no I mean, yeah i mean like i'm always happy and that like i said we're like we were talking about earlier like seeing that customer interaction is like so cool because someone can come in and be like you know looking at the tanks and like if i'm back there i'll just walk up and be like oh you want to come check it out oh and yeah like, like what yeah i'll yeah, show you yeah. the whole process you know <laughs> he said he's got 20. <laughs> there you <laughs> go oh, he's got 20. you could do uh four tours if yeah that's right <laughs> oh y'all y'all do a lot of y'all do some events too right like these hats we got on explain yeah, yeah. you got merch too by the yeah, way yeah. Thank, so like, thanks for that yeah. one of the way. first things when we opened i was like all right guys best thing to get our name out there we got to throw a music fest yeah yeah and all my partners are like what like they all so one partner, like I said, owns Neon Moon. It's Taylor Pontius. And then uh, Kenny Williams, who owns Mosaic, is my other partner. So they they both run kind of like established restaurants and clubs. They're like, don't know that much about the brewery life or like how to right, drive right, right, people right. in. And they're like, yeah, we just have a music festival. We shut down parking. We have, you know, seven, eight bands come in all day, free to come. Yep. Um, and the first year we did it, it was just an absolute hit. I think we had 400 people show up wow. throughout the day. And this is like, I mean, four months after we opened, you know, like a, a Friday night was probably like 60 people there, which was great at the right, time. You right, know? right, right. Like now we've got Is that y'all's little parking lot? Where is it? Where <laughs> yeah, is it? yeah, it's right out. in the parking lot. Yeah, so we yeah. shut down the whole parking lot, put a big stage out there. Uh, we actually just had Lost Fest round two, which was about twice as big as the first one. We ended up having food trucks come out there and support it and a bunch of art vendors, you know. We're always trying to find like ways to work with local artists and other local right, creators, right, right. you know. Yeah. Well, you're in the right place, Ocean Springs, for that. Music, oh, yeah, art, exactly. and beer is pretty much yeah, exactly. staple. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so and that's like our yearly fest that we do. We always do a big party that's almost as big, but not quite, uh, for our one year or like for our one year last year, and we'll do it again in November this year for our two year. Um, and then aside from that, we just kind of play around. We had a painting class up there a few weeks ago that was an absolute blast. It was like painting with pints and <laughs> everyone paid whatever, got a pint. And this lady just sketched out basically what we we're going to paint. Yep. It was like, you do it however you want. And we all just sat there painting for Sweet. three and a half hours, you know, drinking beers and having a good time. And, uh, we do like a trivia night, bingo night, kind of live music Sundays type of thing. And fun was it was it was it a trial by fire or or brew and test maybe is a better way to say it to get the ones that you keep on tap as your staple beers like joey was asking in other words if you just brew like you said if you were Mm -hmm. to brew just what you like that's probably hard right to like like, oh yeah yeah. any brewer will tell you like you got beers that you sell and you got beers that you like want to make right right 
Yeah, I'm not a huge New England IPA fan, but I know that if I put one on tap, it's going to sell within a right. month, right? Um, but then, like, if we put, like, I'm really into saisons like this, so, yeah. like, we'll do a saison. We've got a local honey and lemon saison coming out probably in the next two weeks um, that's going to be right up my alley, so I'll drink that quicker than anyone else will. We'll still sell a bit, and, like, the beer nerds will come in and be like, right. no shit, like, right. that's yeah. awesome, you know? Do we have a beer nerd? Do we have, a like, a big beer nerd? Um, big nerd society? Yeah. Society almost, down almost here? Almost everyone does now. Okay. Like, yeah, and even just, like, tourism. It's Beer tourism has become such a big thing. Like I said, with 8,000 breweries in the U.S., it's like, people will travel places just to go check out Really, all breweries. the breweries in town. Yeah, get like a card or something. Yeah, beer we need nerd. To. I, we <laughs> yeah, keep on trying to work it out. Um, with like some of the other breweries, we actually started like a little tour at one point where they like got in a limo, went to Chandelier, and worked their way back. So it was like Chandelier, Fly Llama, us, Craft Advisory, Hops and Growlers. Do y'all all kind of support each other like that? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's, that's my favorite thing about the industry is like everyone's like really it's we're almost all competing against like big beer, right? Like, right. The big brands and even the craft brands who have sold out to big brands. Like I go over to Fly Llama once a week at least. Dave comes over and sees us. Okay. Katie's one of those people I can call and be like, hey, Katie, I need a bag of Pilsner like tomorrow. She's <laughs> like, cool. I live in OS. I'll drop it off tonight, you know? Yeah. Um, We're all really, really close. That's cool. I like that yeah. because like you said, the pie's big enough for everybody. Take yeah, down exactly. the band. And like, Take yeah. down the band. Right to see like all of us than just to see one of us, you know? None right. of us are at that point where it's like people come down just to come to like one of our tap rooms. They right. come down to see the beer industry, you know, when we're all working together and having fun. Like we recommend people over to any of them all the time right and like all the time we hear oh i was down at hops and growlers and he told me to come by you know right. or yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. sharing our stuff on facebook it's it's a really cool cool vibe for the industry oh yeah they have like a local beer fest or something is that is that that's the one they do with the shuckers stadium and it Brit beer and pretzel fest or is that the one to call coliseum i can't remember they do a couple they do uh beer and bacon every year yeah beer and that's bacon. over in that like big warehouse on 49 uh, they do the one at Shucker Stadium. I haven't actually been to that one yet. Um, it's kind of weird. You kind of got to be like with a distributor to go to that mm. one, I think. I don't know that they have like a brew pub set up. Okay. Um, and that distributor game, you kind of mentioned that. Like that's a whole nother like probably. Yeah, man. It's just like. Dogfight of a business, right? Yeah. It's, it, it makes it way harder. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like I said, if you're making like really good margins in your tap room and then you start selling kegs to other bars and they're only going to pay like, you know a hundred and some bucks so they can sell the correct to correct. them for a hundred middleman you know? there's always yeah. a middleman yeah. middle yeah. customer, middle you know? yeah. yeah so it just takes a big chunk out, and i'm gonna is, i'm gonna i'm sorry i'm gonna cut you off I'm, I'm gonna assume you can't take that keg and drive it down there yourself. no man that's a that's a mississippi <laughs> thing that's a lot of states though um <laughs> that's like i said i had the we pleasure of working in, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Yeah, I've thought about it like opening a like kind of ghost LLC as a distributor. Yeah, yeah. Can, there's a guy up in uh, northern Mississippi, he's 1817 Brewing, that does that. His distribution laws, he's like in Tupelo or something, and his distribution laws are just weird. And so he was like, I'm just going to buy a warehouse, you know, start it in my wife's name, and yep. I'll just do it myself. But then you're still kind of losing out on a decent chunk of margins because you're running a second LLC. Right, 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 right. Um, but I worked up in Asheville and <clears throat> Colorado, and they're both uh, self-distribution up to a certain level of beer. So, like, we could literally fill a keg, 
drop it off at Run a bar and take road. a check home. And Dang, you know, that's where you need to be. I know. We're, I'm trying to get a little lobbying group together. If anyone knows anyone politically, uh, <laughs> hit me well, up. We know some yeah. guys. Yeah, and some really. gals. Yeah. You're just talking big money fights I right know, there. Yeah. You're yeah, going yeah. up against some people who's got a little bit of strokes. So. Yeah. That's always fun. <laughs> well, dude, I appreciate you stopping in here today. It sounds like yeah, your business yeah. is doing good. That makes me happy to hear anything, Absolutely. anything locally homegrown that's doing well. Hell yeah, uh, man. We're all about Straight it. Straight out so. Ocean Springs. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where's the best place we can find you, your events and all that stuff? Uh, so check out Lost Spring Brewing Co. at uh, Instagram, on Facebook. Our website is just lostspringbrewing.com. Um, I need to do a little better on that. But on Facebook and Instagram, you can definitely catch up with all of our like current events um, we post our tap list at least once a week so everyone can see like we rotate out literally weekly pretty much so it's like check what's on tap before you come down or right. just come down and see what's up <laughs> yeah the photos on there too are killer, killer. so your yeah. person doing that kudos to them they're doing yeah. a great job so Hell yeah Natalie um, Thompson. yeah she's doing great <laughs> but uh dude again thanks for stopping in thanks everybody for watching on the live uh we've been mentioning it here on, on the lives to go download the brown water banter app if you yep. don't already have it on your phone stay connected to everything we're doing in our little universe here on brown water all our socials uh if you like going hunting fishing we got all that stuff drinking covered in beer there. drinking whiskey. drinking beer talking to local business owners so we appreciate y'all tuning in and if you keep watching uh we're gonna keep doing them and speaking of keep doing them today as of the recording this is tuesday the 13th of june uh thursday the 15th i can't do math quick uh we got zach rushing coming up he's got a comedy show coming up in biloxi we're gonna be talking to him so that's two days from now talking yep. to him about his uh dude is just massive on facebook so we're gonna check that out but uh hopefully you can tune in uh and we'll see y'all on the next one later later Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. We really appreciate it. We're excited to announce that we just launched our very own Brownwater Banter app. That's right. It's free to download in the App Store or on Google Play. Whether you're an iPhone user or an Android user, it doesn't matter. It's free. Download it now. Stay connected with the Brownwater universe. Inside the app, we have links to the Tales and Scales login, the marine forecast from NOAA, tides and currents, radar, a list of all the bait shops here on the Gulf Coast, Everything you could need for a day out on the water, having fun. We've also got all the brown water social links right inside the app, connections to our merch shop. And if that wasn't enough, we've also built inside of it a country radio station. That's right. So you can listen on the go. I'm sure it'll evolve over time. Right now we're calling it Brownwater Radio Music for the Outdoors. So download it now, check it out, and we hope you dig it. Mm -hmm.